Hey guys, this is Chelsea Schaefer and this is The Score. This is the Team Roping Journal's venture into the world of podcasting. On this show, you'll be able to bring the Team Roping World's movers and shakers on the road or to the office with you. They'll be telling stories and talking through some of the issues facing this sport. As the editor of the Team Roping Journal, I'll be your host. Hey Tara. Hey Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Everybody, welcome. This is The Score, uh, the Team Roping Journal's new podcast. It's not that new now. We're on episode five. Five episodes. So if you haven't yet logged on to our iTunes account, SoundCloud account, you're going to want to and play a little catch-up on these episodes. Yes, we have quite the list so far. and. And now I think we just keep getting better and better because we've got a cool episode for you guys today, um, for sure. Yes, probably one of my favorites. So um, let's, before we get into that, let's chat about the July issue of the Team Roping Journal. Okay, yeah, we are underway with production of the July issue. It is, it goes out the door next week. Um, so you're probably listening to this. This podcast comes out on a Thursday. Um, we go to press next Wednesday. Um, so it, we are hot and heavy in the middle of this production cycle. Um, and it's huge and massive because the Cinch National Finals of Team Ropings, their whole forms, all the entry forms, all of the host hotels, everything you need to know about what's going on at the U.S. Finals and all the changes that are, um, that the USTRC is making to the U.S. Finals will be listed in this issue. So there will be about 15 pages worth of content about the U.S. Finals. So we are looking forward to seeing you all there in October. Um, it'll be a really great uh, great deal. The newest thing, the thing I want to brag on right now, is we just got confirmation this morning that the exclusive divisional events, or the 11, the 10, the 9, and the 8, will now be the Ram Truck exclusive division ropings and so every roper that wins those ropings is going to get a $12,500 voucher toward a new ram truck so that's big news um awesome to have ram as such great partners and we look forward to seeing everybody with their sweet pickups after the u.s finals yes big thanks to ram trucks for for that big sponsorship yeah and i just got off the phone actually with carl stressman and he told me too that this year, there's going to be a number 16 Pro-Am, um, which will be on Sunday, and they're, the winners of the Pro-Am are getting case tractors, too. Mm. So that's, that's another big one, um, something different and a different approach. So Very cool. good. Mm-hmm. Very good for the sport of team roping. All right, let's switch gears to World Series. Yeah. What, what news do you have there? Um, I got word that the Ropins in Canada are doing great. So shout out to the producers up there who, uh, north of the border, are making a really big deal, growing the qualifiers. Um, I hear that there's a lot of energy um, from our Canadian friends into the World Series, so that's exciting. Um, the, yeah, the numbers have been up in Canada. All right, anything else coming from the World Series? <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks ago, um, the ladies won $79,000 in one weekend alone at the World Series. Um, women's team repping 
is just gangbuster right now. It's so popular. We're awesome. It's awesome to see all the women kicking butt, and we will have a wrap-up of that in our next issue. So you will have to wait for July to kind of get the full picture of how much the women are kicking butt at their openings, but it's so cool to see such a diverse sport. Yes, we're expanding in Canada, expanding the women, and that's all yeah. good. For yeah, absolutely. Last week, I remember last episode, we talked about Italy and how well the Italian qualifier did. So, yay. Very awesome. Glad sports growing. Exactly. Yeah. All right, without further ado, let's get into probably, as I said, my favorite episode to date, Bobby Moat. Yes, uh, world champion bareback rider and now rope horse trainer for Reliance Ranches. Um he works with the McKinney family, um, riding all of their off-the-track, or maybe some never actually ran on the track, quarter horses. Um, he came to our photo shoot in Texas at Ryan Moat's house two weeks ago, and Bobby and I got to talk about all the new World Champion Rodeo Alliance moving and shaking that is happening and that happened in Las Vegas. And he gave me a big refresher on what actually is going on with it. It was really good to talk to him because there were a lot of questions, and I think he answered a lot of them. Um, Obviously, we are still yet to see what is going to come of the whole WCRA concept, um, as the nomination period is just kind of getting underway. Um, But yeah, Bobby does a good job of giving us a prep, and I think we will all be interested in what he has to say. Yes, and a lot of people may not know that he is a roper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is a team roping horse trainer now for Reliance Ranches, and and Gary McKinney is one of the major investors in the WCRA, and that's who Bobby works for, too. Um, Him and his wife, they work at Reliance Ranches, they rope on these horses, they ranch on these horses all day, and he brought them to our photo shoots and talk about horsepower. Holy cow, they are fast, and they are big, and they run hard. And they score sharp, and they face good, and it was just really cool to see them. And you will get to see a how-to with Bobby in a coming issue of the Team Ripping Journal, too. Um, some sort of head horse training piece we're going to work on. But yeah, for now, I hope you really get to enjoy this uh, this next little period of time with Bobby Milk. Hi, everybody. Hi, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, thank you very much for coming and roping today. A pleasure. It's fun. It's fun to get to rope. Yeah. I've been busy lately. I haven't been able to rope a lot. What's been going on? I've been uh, getting ready for the launch of the WCRA. So between the technology and our first event and the uh, the summit, there's been a lot to work on. How many rope horses do you guys have at any given time? So Bobby, if you haven't been following the stuff that we do with Bobby lately, he works for Reliance Ranches um, and you train rope horses. So how many do you have going right now? Oh, there's head horses right now. There's six or seven at all kind of different stages. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we we spend a lot of time just making sure we've really got them broke. Mm-hmm. And then also if you get them at two- and three-year-olds, then it's a while before they're sure. physically ready for it anyways. And so, you know, the ones that we got last year, the two-year-olds that we got broke, now they're just kind of in a little bit of like a chill-out phase because they're riding around really good. They're doing a lot. They're pretty broke. And they need to just like just go learn to be patient and just kind of be a horse for another year, and then we'll start we'll start adding it on them. So there's been, I feel like, a huge learning curve from world champion bareback rider to technology media mogul rodeo exec now. Well, you have to rely on people that actually know what they're doing. <laughs> so I feel like I know something about rodeo, and uh, I think if you rely on people who are the best in their field, then then you just gotta 
you just got to hire the right people, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were just on a conference call. So tell me how, like, conference calls go. Are, do you just chime in with, like, the Cowboys would want, or are you are you kind of the, the rodeo advocate then in the, in the team? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I, I think that it's important to, to always bring kind of our long-term vision and what we want to happen, you know, into the – into the conversations and make sure that everybody else on the teams are, are you know, sharing that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your job title with the WCR? President. President, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take a, let's go back a couple years. The mm-hmm. end of, as the ERA ended, were, I mean, you mustn't have been too defeated because you geared up immediately to, t- tell me about kind of where you were mentally, I guess. Well, I mean, it was tough because even though we we kind of went at it the wrong way, mm-hmm. I mean, it was the first time that that rodeo athletes ever got together on the same page on anything, mm-hmm. and and really all we wanted to do was make it better, and we were we were tired of of the association not listening to the listening to its members and so we're just like at some point we're just like well, let's just do it ourselves and we really we really thought that we would probably get more more support along the way than we did and looking back I think it's just that our overall message alienated enough people that 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 was that was part of it mm-hmm. another thing is that it's easy to lose focus when you're rodeoing full time that everybody looks at it just like you do and I mean, when when you're a pro and that's that's what you do for a living, and you're always I mean you're 100% involved in that lifestyle, it's hard to imagine a different reality for somebody else. And then when you start, I mean, we listened to people when they there were a lot of people that opposed what we were doing, and I mean it didn't fall on deaf ears. I mean there were some haters that just they wouldn't be happy if. You know, it'd be like the line on on Lonesome Dove. You complain if they hung you with a new rope. You know, it doesn't matter what you said. But, yeah. but a lot of people, you know, they had some valid points, and so um, we had started working on some form of this database. Mm-hmm. Then, and uh, you know, when whenever we had sort of an upset in our management, and the board took over the day to day. That's when I kind of got thrown in, you know, baptism by fire, so to speak. And Mm so um, there were some huge commitments that had been made um, to fans and athletes. And and I felt like the board felt like our job was to set it down as softly as we could without anybody getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were successful in doing that. And we, uh, you know, we had to take some lumps and go back and, you know, Recommit what we were actually going to do that was reasonable, and we did all those things. And so, and and those were no, those were no small order in themselves. And so, um, it was a result of a whole lot of people who cared, getting together and and you know still pulling together to try to make it better. There was a, there was a period of time there where we didn't really know, like after, after we had had our final event, where we didn't know what exactly the next step was we just knew we needed to keep stepping and so the fact that publicly everybody thought that the idea of doing something you know major for rodeo outside of the prca was was done 
was a good thing because what we found out about having 68 shareholders was you can't make a move without the world knowing what you're going to do before you do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's just terribly unproductive. And so um, we've just been quietly working on this and and, uh, kind of keeping our heads down and not, you know, worrying about what anybody else was saying. Meanwhile, the we you know the era got the ball rolling you know you know right or wrong it got people to realizing that rodeo needs more than it currently has Mm -hmm. and it can be better and there are more things that are important rather than just running for whatever day money you're running for that day Mm -hmm. and uh there's a group of athletes that understand that i think pretty well and i think there's you know some other people in the industry that have kind of got the memo too so through this process, we, we stepped back and we've looked at what, what's worked um, and what hasn't and tried to put together the best, the, you know, the best of all of those situations. Um, so tell me how Gary McKinney came into the picture, how the McKinney family became a part of, they're a huge part of your life now yeah. and now a huge part of the WCRA. Yeah, so Gary, you know, Gary came on as a concerned you know individual for you know the basically the betterment of the sport um he helped with the tail end of the era for no reason other than just so that a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of rodeo athletes could save face and 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 wow. then he and then he actually purchased all the shares from those from all those shareholders which he could have just stuck a fork in the ERA and moved on and started his own organization which which he had planned on not you know not ending the ERA like that but but moving on and so um, but he felt like principle wise that was the wrong thing to do and that just speaks a lot for his character mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy he is he'll he'll do what's right even if it you know doesn't make sense to everybody else mm-hmm. just just out of principle and so it's it's easy to be involved or to want to be involved with people like that with those type of you know that those ty- that type of character and integrity. Okay, so give me the WCRA elevator pitch. What is the the short and sweet version of it? So the the WCRA's key word is alliance and it's about bringing all of the all of the organizations in the western industry together. Um, it doesn't require anything of those organizations necessarily to change their their format or the way they run their show and it's uh you know and and so its mission is to is to compound the competitive efforts for the for the athletes that are going to different organizations different events every week and to uh be able to deliver a better product to the fans ultimately making that making the whole sport stronger um, and so somebody asked me the other day, so if, if a guy is really dedicated to WCRA um, and wants to pay up at, like, the World Series and they want to go to, and, and I know that's not the, the sole place anybody's doing this, but if somebody wants to go to a jackpot and they want to count it as, as a nominated jackpot, is it per run? Is it per roping? Is it per how do you nominate? So do you nominate the number... 15 qualifier at the World Series in Torrington, Wyoming, or do you nominate the partner you're opening with at the 15? Or how? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's you nominate you nominate the event, mm-hmm. and so 
if it was if it was the World Series in Torrington, you would nominate the event mm-hmm. the day that you're going to compete, and you would earn you would earn points based on the division that that event fell in. Mm-hmm. Basically, on like a World Series event, it would basically be based on payoff, mm-hmm. total payout, which at some of those ropings is pretty significant. Well, I mean, when you compare that to to some rodeos, mm-hmm. you know, given it's one discipline. There's a bit larger payout at some of those ropings than a lot of pretty good-sized rodeos. Mm-hmm. So, so there's there's a lot of points available there, and so they would they would earn points based on how they place in the average because that's the only uh, paying spot. Mm-hmm. And so, at a rodeo, if it was uh, two rounds, a short round, and an average, you would have the opportunity to win points in each in each round, short round, and average. Okay, and. Um the division. Give me an example of what would be a Division One level event. So, like Reno or Cheyenne or San Antonio would mm-hmm. be Division Ones. The BFI would probably be a Division One. And the, yeah, and I guess the same for the Division Two, Division Three, and the Division Four. Mm-hmm. Where are we? What ranges are those in? Um, there are there are five criteria that make up make up the system that that sorts them, mm-hmm. and it's not just. It's not just total payout, and it's not just added money or number of number of entries. It's also the the DBA, the market that it's in, the the, uh, the capacity of the facility, all those things, and they all are weighted with different mm-hmm. different values. And this created this algorithm so that when you plug them in, and if those if anything changes in any of those areas, it, it changes the rating of that rodeo. But I mean. Just simply put, I mean, it would be safe to say that you're probably to a about a 20, 20 I think about two hundred and fifty thousand dollar total payout, and below would be about a division two mm-hmm. to about roughly about a hundred thousand dollar payout, and then from there to about twenty five thousand dollar, and then from there to you know whatever and they're going to be clerks like we have at the world series and ustrc that are that their job is to enter a lot of that information into the computer system right oh you'd be you'd be blown away if you saw how many how many entries there are of of events right now like yeah we have we have thousands of thousands of events in the system right now in detail Mm -hmm. and so i when i saw you earlier today i was on a i was on a uh conference call with with the uh, data entry people and so like this for instance is, is a list of events between now mm-hmm. and June 1st wow I mean that's you would think well there's a couple dozen rodeos mm-hmm. I mean there's there's four pages of yeah. events between now and 6-1 yeah the people that because you, you can't see anybody nobody can see what we're looking at but there's like four there's four computer pages of an excel spreadsheet in yeah. very small font just kind of going on and yeah. on for the next month so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and so I mean, um, there's there's all those opportunities for people to uh, to to nominate their competitive efforts mm-hmm. there. And so and the nice thing about it is, you know, one thing that we looked at was the, the American did a really good job of bringing some people off the sidelines and getting them involved mm-hmm. in rodeo again. It created some incentive, and everybody thought that they had a chance. And and so then it, it brought a bunch of people out of retirement. It caused a lot of people to get more serious about their craft, and, mm-hmm. and it was really good for rodeo, and it still is. But it happens once a year, and you're forced to go 
out of your way. And so if you're a pro or you work for a living, every day matters. And so you've got to make a de- you have to make a decision. Do I want to go to this qualifier for the purpose of qualifying for something in, in February? Or do I want to go either do my job or if you're a rodeo athlete, go do my job, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday night at this rodeo? And so you have to make choices. And the nice thing about this virtual rodeo qualifier is you can go where you want to go. And you don't necessarily have to go buttheads. I mean, I think a great example with the American is the barrel racing qualifier at Glenrose. I've heard everybody talk about how just nearly impossible it is to qualify in mm-hmm. through that through that route. But you're going to go pay $500 fees to, to find out if you can make it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know... When you make the semifinals, you're going to have to beat all those people. But mm-hmm. if you know if, if you have the opportunity to go to five hundred thousand dollars semifinals four times a year, mm-hmm. the American, uh, the greatest area of participation in qualifying was sixty days before it. Mm-hmm. Even though they hold qualifiers all year long, and so it make, stands to reason if every few months you have a major semifinals, a major event. That people can continue, you know, on with that idea. Or if somebody has a job and they have summers off, you know, if you're a school teacher or something, it also gives you the opportunity. And now we're going to take a break from this conversation to learn a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, U.S. Rider. U.S. Rider is the premier equestrian roadside assistance program in the industry. Membership includes 24-7 nationwide roadside assistance coverage in any vehicle you're traveling in, as well as coverage for horse trailers, whether you have horses on board or not. In addition, members receive an extensive package of discounts on equine-related goods and services, regular equine travel, and safety information and insurance products to fit all of your needs as a horse owner or business. Two levels of membership are available to meet the needs of all horse enthusiasts, owners, competitors, and business people. Coverage includes towing up to 100 miles for truck and or trailer, roadside repair service, tire repair and replacement, lockout service, jump starts and fuel delivery, emergency stabling, farrier and vet referral, and discounts on equine products and services. I want to tell you a little bit about that fuel delivery. My husband got his very first brand new pickup truck and we were headed to Arizona from Colorado this winter and he pushed the limit a little bit on that E and we ran out of fuel in the mountains outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I tried the roadside assistance that was in the truck, built into the truck, and had no luck getting a hold of anybody to come out and bring us fuel. But I climbed to the top of a hill, got cell service, and called U.S. Rider. Their first question was, are you and your horses okay? Absolutely, we were okay. We were just broke down and stuck. They sent somebody out within a half hour with five gallons of fuel, and that person followed us the whole way into Albuquerque to make sure we got a full tank of fuel to get on to our next destination. Guys, they are awesome. I have used them more than I would like to admit. Um, So check it out at usrider.com and um, send us your feedback on it at the Team Roping Journal. We'd love to hear from you. They're a great product. Tell your friends about it. And thank you to US Rider for supporting the score. So this year, it's going. What what is it going to look like? It'll be a qualification process all summer, and then for the event, kind of go over that. How yeah. So qual- the nominations are open now, and July 9th, the there'll be a there'll be a cut, and the top 20 will go to Days of 47 in Salt Lake City. Okay. And that's a, they have a million dollars up over there. Mm-hmm. 
the point standings will continue all the way through uh, November where the semifinals is in Guthrie at Lazy Arena. Mm -hmm. At that point, the points will reset. The, 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 the finalists from the semifinals will move on to Sacramento in January. For, and and that, that event is held in conjunction with the PBR there. They've had a really successful venue in, in uh, Sacramento every year, and it'll be held along with that. And then the points basically had, they've reset and you start over. Mm -hmm. When you win a major, you get an exemption to the next three, into the next three majors. And mm -hmm. so it's conceivable that a person could go and nominate a couple rodeos, uh, do well, make the semifinals, do well, make it to a major, win a major, and have three more majors made. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that's a great opportunity. And, and one of the, probably the, biggest um, areas of confusion that I've heard so far from from uh, you know potential users is they think well I'd have to nominate every rodeo but you don't I mean if, if you if you pick the places where you think you're going to do well if it's it's a matter it's a matter of gathering up enough points mm -hmm. and in the timed events it's a, the list is 150 deep so I mean it's not as if you need to nominate all the time nominate enough there's a there's a leaderboard page right on the front of the app and you can see exactly where you fall and just in keep track time. of it yeah mm -hmm. in real time and so you know as you approach july 9th you know if you're outside of the top 20 you need to nominate a few more times or if you're in it then then you're good mm -hmm. gotcha yeah what what has been some of the pushback so far it's, it's we're only about a week out from the announcement so uh -huh. what have you heard um, people are just trying to wrap their minds around it. Um, I think that I think that some of the questions, you know, have, re have revolved around. Well, you're asking me to pay a hundred dollars on top of my entry fees, what I'm already paying, but I don't get any of it today. Mm -hmm. But I mean, my, my answer to that is, I mean, the same people were paying five hundred dollars a whack and going out of their way to go try to qualify for the American. Mm -hmm. These semifinals are guaranteed to pay 500000 regardless of how much participation there is or isn't. And $100 is a drop in the bucket when you consider what it costs to get there, what it costs to make the runs on your horse or wear and tear on your body or you name it. That's the, that's the cheapest point of entry for any, you know, mm -hmm. any opportunity like this. Um, and one of the things that you and I discussed that is going to be really nice about this is your ability to be flexible. If something is working, you can keep doing it. If it's not working, you can kind of mm -hmm. go another route. Um, talk about maybe some of the interest in adding another girls event. You've, you've talked, we've talked a little bit about breakaway roping mm -hmm. being a possibility. Yeah. You put me right on the spot. There's, <laughs> there's been, I've had a lot of people come up to me lately and ask about it. And mm -hmm. it is, I'll tell you, it's in discussion. Mm -hmm. It's in discussion. Uh, one of the things that will, um, that could affect it, you know, one way or the other is is if we have a if we have a host venue that is say going to host a major, it would somewhat be their call also. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we're going to run into areas where we feel like it would be more widely received in some markets than than other mm -hmm. than other events. And so, I think we're just going to kind of take it as it comes. It was too much to bite off right off the bat, but at the same time. Um, we're also aware that, like the PRCA and the CPRA, are the, about the only organizations that don't have breakaway roping, mm -hmm. and everybody else does. And that's another thing that you don't realize when you're just kind of 
in it and doing it you know you don't realize this whole world that's going on outside of you know being a pro rodeo yeah person so definitely it's, it's kind of all consuming at times mm-hmm. um Ariat is the first sponsor yeah 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 i you know i think Ariat is uh, proven to be really innovative and you know they they see it they know an opportunity when they see it and i'm really grateful for their uh their early involvement and mm-hmm. what they stand for, and they're they're really a great group. Anybody else that we can say yet confirm sponsors or um, no? But I'll I'll tell you that the uh, the PBR sponsorship team has proven to do really well, yeah. and and they're on it. And so I think they needed a they needed a sample of what the product could look like, and yeah. that's what we gave them in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so that was. That was a big reason for doing it, you know. Are they going to be looking outside the traditional Western market? I think they always are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that I think that you have to bring interest and money in from outside of, you know, the same same kind of wore out categories. You know, I mean, it's it's great that those categories have given as much to rodeo and supporting it as as much as they have, and they've tried to spread it as much as they have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's outstanding, but it is really time to to get outside of that a little bit and try to get a little more mainstream. And I think that the PBR is positioned better to do that than anybody else. Um, Days of Forty Seven was a pro rodeo last year. Um, will there be? Is the hope that rodeos will stay PRCA rodeos? Or I mean, that's a talk about the new relationship with the PRCA. Well, it's still it's still in the works. I mean, we've had several meetings with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that uh, Gary and Sean are meeting again with George here very soon, mm-hmm. and uh, that's obviously that's obviously one of the goals is to make it all work together. I mean, this isn't a this we're we're trying to keep this from being a binary choice where people have to choose one or the other. That's why we're built to be so flexible, where you don't have to choose; you can go where you want to go. And we're not trying to pile more events on your calendar, just trying to give you more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, man, is there something you want me to ask you that I haven't asked? Is there, is there, is there a point you want to hammer home, Bobby? Um, just that, you know, Sean said it in, in his uh, speech at the, at the summit last Friday, and it's, it's really true, is that everybody in rodeo recognizes that it, has more potential and it needs to be better Mm -hmm. and so whether you want to be involved or not with somebody who's willing to step out there and make some positive change you know if you're not for it then you're kind of against it and and that means you're against progress in your sport and and I just don't think that's healthy for anybody I think that there's a place for every type of organization and event and and athlete and and if we're smart about this, then we can take some, we can learn some things from what they've done in, in team roping and barrel racing, where they've they've created areas for all different levels of people to compete and make mm-hmm. make good money, and it's it's proven to work. I mean, in in barrel racing, team roping, and bull riding, there were over 750,000 entries last year, and so that's in like three disciplines mainly in two and in all of rodeo combined there was like 200,000 and so it's it's clear that these other disciplines can kind of go do it on their own and so if if they continue to branch out and leave rodeo 
then what's next, you know? And, and so I think we should all hope that it all continues to grow and get stronger. And, and that's, that's one of our goals. Is um, your bareback riding career officially sidelined? Is this new opportunity any chance that we'll see you ride? No, I'm, no I'm, I'm done. I made my announcement a little over a year ago. And, yeah. and you know, my last two years of, of probably being able to ride at that level, I was kind of engulfed in trying to change rodeo, and so I guess I gave it up. Um, I feel like I could do it today, but, I mean, my, it's not where my priorities are. So I don't, I don't guess I have anything left to prove in that event, and uh, I'm anxious to get to rope more and, and work, on, work on this venture. Hey, before you go, leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a review. Let the world know what you think. That helps more people find us on iTunes. And give us a shout out. Share with your friends so more people can know about the score, can talk team roping, and hopefully help push this industry even further forward. Thank you all.